My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. It's the Irishman in America back again with Marion McKeown on the line. Thank God, Marion, we missed you last week. Uh, <laughs> I we missed all... you too, Charlotte. <laughs> I would much rather have been talking to you than doing what I was doing, trust me. <laughs> Hey, we got a lot of well-wishers getting in touch, uh, wow. hoping that you're okay and that uh, the personal circumstances weren't too severe. But it, like everybody needs a week off. And I think that having the week uh, without you on the show, let people hear your backstory in uh, us re-releasing your first conversation with me, which seems like an eternity ago. It's oh, only three so. years ago. You know, uh, I suppose so much has happened in the three years since we started chatting every week. And uh, and there's a weird thing with time, that elasticity, that sometimes it seems that it's been only two weeks ago since we started doing this. And then you think you look at what has happened since we started and you think, my God, how do we mm. cram all that into three years? But uh, not us personally, because we haven't been involved in all the, the world chaos, I hope. Uh, yeah. Trying to trying to cover it and then cover yeah. stuff again. Like here we are uh, after 18 year old Salvador Ramos, in case you missed it, open fire at Rob uh, Elementary School in Texas, killing 19 students, two teachers and wounding 17 others. And earlier that day, of course, he had shot and wounded his grandmother. He was That's shot right. and killed on the scene by Border Patrol. Joe Biden offers his condolences to the community. And demands this uh, call a call to action. He says, "We're willing. Why are we living willing to live with this carnage?" The very question I had in my head is: This just it, Marion? That America is willing to accept that you're going to have mass shootings, but that's the trade-off for being allowed to carry your gun. Yeah. I, I'm really sad to say it, Darla, but you've just summed it up that um, it's absolutely the case. And I, I know we've spoken about this before on the show, but I think that it's hard for so many people to understand how wedded America and welded, in fact, I would say America is to their guns. Um, there are 400 million guns and then some in America. Uh, you have about 7% of the population that owns about 140 million guns between them. Uh, it, it's just, there is a gun culture in America that we cannot understand. And, you know, I do 
because I've spoken to so many people about it, and I do have a better understanding now than I used to have. And I do also understand that that what has happened, several things have happened at once in the last decade, and I think it's useful to know that the number of people, younger people in America who were buying guns was dropping over the last two decades. And the NRA then decided that they need to start a new campaign because they are the lobbying arm of the gun industry. And they decided that the best way to get people to arm up, and this happened just after Obama was elected uh, in 2008, was to introduce fear. And the way to make people buy more guns was to make them feel afraid, to make them feel like they were under threat, to make them feel like basically the unspoken foreigners, i.e. black people and immigrants, were coming to get them. And by God, if white America didn't arm up, it was going to be too late and arm up now. And that worked because after Obama was elected president, the number of guns that were sold every year increased exponentially. And just in the last two years, no, in 1919 and 1920, an additional 40 million guns were sold in each year. And that was in response to Trump's American carnage and the George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and Antifa are coming to get you. And this is exactly what the gun industry wants. Now, the NRA's three-day jamboree is starting um, today on Friday. Um, and, you know, in, in Houston, just less than 300 miles from where these shootings took place. Uh, I've attended these every year. I won't be able to attend this year's one um, because I'm in Ireland, but but um, normally the first thing you see when you go in is all these like flash words like fear and threat and enemy and defend yourself and predators and you know and and the way that they're marketing guns now is not for sports, it's not for hunting, it's not even to protect yourself in your home. It's to be ready for the big attack that's coming down the pipe. And so many Americans do actually believe this that America is under our white America, as they know it, is under an existential threat and that they need to buy guns. And this is this has been the selling point. And a lot of people who used to work in the arms industry, a lot of people who used to work, the NRA used to be about gun safety and gun shows and training people how to use guns. It has completely changed in the last, as I said, 15 years, two decades. And now they are telling people that basically, you, what you'll hear this mantra over and over again, you know, I almost don't need to be there in Houston for the three days that the only thing that stops a good guy a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun and then there and then that guns don't kill people people kill people and this is what they re repeat ad nauseum and you saw the charade that there was in um Uvalde uh, with with uh, Greg Abbott arriving and uh, Ted Cruz and his other various sidekicks uh, allegedly to mourn with the families and you know it really did sicken me because in the last I was at an NRA meeting that took place in North Carolina last November I think it was now I shouldn't have been there it was one of those things that I that I, I managed to, to just get into it. There was no media allowed. And they were talking with such triumphalism, Wayne LaPierre and the other NRA executives, about the way they now have the Supreme Court that they've wanted, that for the last 50 years, this is the Supreme Court that they wanted to get. And, in, and they spoke about Greg Abbott in Texas and basically said, we have him. He'll do whatever we want. He has signed 10 pieces of pro-gun 
pro-Second Amendment legislation in the last couple of years. And since September 2021, which was after the, the Baptist Church shooting in which 26 people were killed in Texas, which was after the shooting, the mass shooting in El Paso, in which 23 people were killed in a Walmart, after the Odessa shooting, after so many other shootings. Um, it, last year, Greg Abbott signed seven different pieces of legislation that meant that in Texas now, you do not have to have any background checks, you don't have to have a license, you don't have to have any training. And he said that any person in Texas now who's eligible can carry a gun basically anywhere they want. And he boasted about that. And he said that they're making Texas, a Second Amendment sanctuary state, which was kind of a dig at the, you know, the, the states like California, which said that they were making sanctuary states for immigrants. And uh, as in that, if you're in Texas, you can have as many guns as you want and any kind of gun you want, and you can take them anywhere you want. And he has achieved his goal. And, and yesterday we saw the cost. And as you said, Charlotte, they don't care. They don't care that that, you know, the loss of 90, the lives of 19 children between the ages of 7 and 10 is basically the price of doing business for Greg Abbott, for the far right in the Republican Party, which is most the Republican Party, and for the gun manufacturing industry and the NRA. Isn't it uh, extraordinary that you can say that they don't care, that yeah. that, that is, that's, a, that's now becoming an apparent fact that uh, if things don't change now, then that has to be the statement that that has to be the nearly the party line and that line of uh, guns don't kill people people do uh, places trust in people but when do they when does there come a time in america when they understand that uh, that's exactly the point that the guns are being used by irrational angry detached uh, marginalized people who get angry like people are killing people with these guns yeah. i don't uh, like i i i don't know like people will say what has to happen well this year alone the figure i see in front of me is 213 mass sh- shootings yeah. 2021 it was 692 mass shootings yeah. like there what you're saying is that there is no watermark that there is no well we've hit a thousand mass shootings i guess it's time to call for a call of these guns no do you really believe that there is no point there's literally nothing that can happen that will make them roll back yeah i i'm afraid i do and you know i want to separate out because as i say one really simple thing that could happen tomorrow what will not happen is in America, and I've spoken to many hunters in Texas. I used to spend a lot of time in Texas and I did find it really interesting, you know, to put aside my own prejudice and just listen to people talk about guns. I spoke to so many hunters in Texas who are passionate about their guns. I went out with a Texan cowboy for two years who told me on Christmas Eve he'd done his shopping. I think I told you this before. Mm. I said, what did you get? And he said, beer and bullets, you know, but he would not go near an assault weapon. He was a hunter. He had his rifles and they were for hunting and they were because he owned a big ranch and he needed a rifle. Or Well, he thought he needed several. But anyway, that's that's another point. All of his friends were the same. They would go hunting and they were ranchers who needed rifles. Now, I don't agree with hunting, but none of those um, people would ever contemplate 
using an assault weapon to go hunting, they, they would think it was laughable. Assault weapons are for militias. They're for militias, they're for people who have, and they're for mass shooters, and they're for people who have no business owning an assault weapon, or indeed any weapon. Now, Bill Clinton in the mid-90s introduced a ban that put an outright ban on assault weapons, uh, and, and that was, it, it happened after one of the mass shootings, and that was accepted, and, and he, he brought it in, and it, it, it was like, okay, no assault weapons, you can have your rifles, you can have your handguns, and you know, I think to a degree, I get that, and he said, but no more assault weapons. One of the first things George W. Bush did, who was totally in the pay of the gun lobby when he became president, was he got rid of that law. He got rid of that that Clinton era law. And he said, yeah, you know, have your assault weapons. And now there are literally hundreds of millions of assault weapons on sale in America. And when I go to the NRA conventions, as I did last year, and the year before, it's all assault weapons. That is what they're selling because guess what? They're expensive. They cost about two grand each. A handgun costs nothing like that unless you buy a Donald Trump gold-plated diamond-encrusted handgun for 45 grand. And I've seen those too at the NRA. But basically, assault weapons cost a lot more money. And, and the way they market them, I remember going in in Dallas and just inside the door, there were all these pink assault weapons like AR-15s, but they were bright pink and they had flowers on them and they had little cartoon creatures on them and they looked like toys and they were for women and girls over the age of 18. Because you anywhere in Texas, once you're 18, as we saw with, with Salvador Ramos, you can go into any gun shop in Texas and you, without a background check, without a license, without showing even ID, you can buy your weapons. And, and so they're making assault weapons look more and more like playthings to take away the element of menace so that more women will buy them and I think more younger people will buy them as well and uh, so you know you if, if you just introduce that law tomorrow again reintroduce it saying no assault weapons anyone who has an assault weapon now you have to hand it over are doing a buyback like they did in Australia with huge success many years ago after there was one mass shooting there and they had a gun buyback and it was very successful and I, I think that that is the only thing that will make a difference because generally speaking if you track all of these mass shooters they all have a assault weapons because they can shoot much faster and much longer and and you know it, it's it's much more effective with a handgun there's a limit to how many people you can kill because it requires you to load it more often it requires you to pause but and the other thing is that you know all this nonsense ken paxton the texas attorney general where he's saying well now what we need to do is to have teachers with guns um, in all of our elementary schools. So you've got t teachers who are teaching, what, four, five, six, seven-year-olds now have to be trained in how to use guns, but they will only have a handgun. They're not going to have assault weapons in the classroom. And so if somebody comes at you with, a, uh, if you have a handgun and somebody comes at you with an assault weapon and is wearing full military flak jackets and all that, you don't stand a chance. We saw that, um, with the, the security guard in Buffalo in the supermarket only, what, less than two weeks ago, um, he had a handgun. He went to to try and take disarm the shooter who had shot the, the 10 black people, the white supremacist, and he was shot dead because, as I say, he only had a handgun and this guy had an assault weapon. So it's never, it, you know, when, when you hear this nonsense, it honestly makes my blood boil because there, there's a way that America can keep its guns. There's a way it can keep its second amendment but as i say a lot of people that i speak to who are gone really really love their guns with a passion i'll never understand but which i will accept um none of those people want assault weapons so well, it, it as i say it's the, the malicious that want, that want them 
Yeah. So, so it's the malicious and the inadequate men. And I, I, you know, I say that like they, like the guys like this guy who sounds like he had a, an awful life so far. The guys who've been bullied, who are angry, who are misfits, who think that if they dress up like Rambo, it'll give them some sense of masculinity and swagger. And, and, and that's who these guns are being marketed to. As I said, the very people who should not have them. So, you know, for a lot of people on this side of the Atlantic, they're scratching their heads and they kind of dis- disassociate from America with when this occurs. They go, oh, America's mad. You know, there's that dismissal of, sure, yeah. that's Americans for you. But then I read, like, they listen to you, right? And you say, no, 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 this is just this really hardcore fringe that want this particular type of weapon that is responsible for most of these uh, mass shootings. The statistics then that I come across are things like 84% of American voters support universal background checks for gun purchases. That's a Politico survey. Yeah. Do you believe that to be accurate or is it a case of just like when they did polls for Donald Trump that you can't trust these polls? Uh, I think that it may be a little overstated, but in the main, I think it's accurate because, again, I've never spoken to anyone who told me they oppose universal background checks because why would you? Because Mm. that is the only way in America you can stop somebody who shouldn't have a gun from getting a gun. And, you know, yes, there may be some hardcore Second Amendment freedom, people who say, you know, they're warning against terror and tyranny and saying, why should I have to have a background check when Antifa is coming to overtake America? And, you know, you do hear a bit of that. But in the main, they want background checks, universal background checks, Americans, but the gun lobby doesn't. Yeah, so let me give you the next figure, which is from November, a Gallup poll that said that 52% of Americans support stricter gun control as a general concept. Now, that's a, that's nearly a direct split down the middle, isn't yeah. it? Is that is that a more, uh, is that a, a greater window into why this is where it is and is taking as long as it's taking? Because it literally splits the country in two. I think that is, um, to a great degree, the, the case. I think that guns, like so many other things, have become a blue state, red state issue. In the main, uh, Democrats overwhelmingly support gun control. States like New York, Connecticut, the blue, the coastal states, California, all of those states overwhelmingly support gun control. And most of their states have got pretty stringent gun laws. That will probably change because of a Supreme, Supreme Court decision that will likely be handed down in the next couple of weeks. And we can talk about that also. Uh, but but um, in the red states, it's like, it's hands off our guns. It's hands off our guns. We don't want gun control. Now, as I say, there's a very diagram there of if you will there's a there's a little bit in the middle of people who say no gun control and we want as many uzis and ak-47s and ar-15s type weapons as we can afford Uh, but then in the main the other people who don't want gun control as i say they want hunting rifles they want handguns they feel that they want to protect themselves and their families from intruders which of course is a totally overhyped thing but like i say when you go to an nra convention or any gun shop they've all these huge posters and they warn of terror and tyranny and they're urging warriors to arm up to defend themselves against the coming threat warning you know you have these posters of shadows outside a woman's bedroom going you know what 
what will you do in this situation? And there's a really almost hyper sort of when they're targeting women for guns, like this suggestion that rape is imminent at any second for every woman. And the only thing that will stop you from that is having a gun. Now, in fact, I'm going to just lob back a few statistics, actually, because last year in the States, 45,000 people died directly as a result of guns. Okay, 45,000. The the highest number of deaths um, per capita was, of course, in Texas. No surprise there. Uh, One of the lowest numbers was in New York, which has now very stringent gun laws, but that is very likely going to change. Uh, So, you know, there is a direct, and and I've gone through all these charts from the CDC, and you can see states like Missouri, Texas, Alabama, Arkansas, where they've almost no gun laws. That's where there are way ahead the the highest number of gun deaths. Now, of that 45,000 gun deaths, about a third, less, little less than a third are suicide, about a, another third are accident, and about another third are deliberate homicide. And like, they're, they're people who are intentionally murdering other people. Uh, and, you know, in the third that are accidents, a lot of children are killed every day in America as a result of just gun accidents. But again, mm. th- 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 there is no gun safety issues. There's no training. There's none of that going on. But I, in texts, again, like the number of of women who are killed by partners, former partners, former husbands, whatever, by guns is the highest in Texas. It's way in ahead in Texas more than any other state, but it is a really common way for women who are the victims of domestic violence to die or be catastrophically injured is with their partners using guns. And so, you know, just the number of dangers, but people in America seem to think that, you know, 45,000 gun deaths a year, that's okay. That's, you know, yeah, again, and, it's, and it's so normal. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I have listeners in Texas who one particular couple described bringing their child for their first days of school and uh, being the child coming home and explaining that we went through what to do when someone with a gun comes. Like it yeah. was like what to do when the fire alarm goes off, that it's yeah. normalized to the point of, yeah. you know, we're probably going to have a shooter here at some point. And that was the point at which this couple said we're moving back to Ireland, that it just seemed so bananas that it just is this where I want to live. Uh, There must be that sense. And you must feel that too. Yeah, You you must be so worn down by this at this point. The heartbreaking thing about that or the thing that makes me angry about that is these things don't work. You know, they tell kids, get onto your desk. Did that work in Uvalde? No, the kids, the gunman locked himself into the room with these. And I can hardly bear to even think about it. And Mm. for any listeners who have children, my God, you know, these little, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10 year olds are locked in a room with a gunman who's already shot their teachers dead and he's shooting them one by one. You know, I mean, for any child to have to go through that. And what use is getting under a desk? You know, what use is it for these defenseless little kids to be told to get under a desk or get into a closet? You know, it, 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 just because if it worked, I, I, you know, you'd say, okay, it's crazy, but they can do this, but they're being told to do things that are useless and it's being sold to them as the way to protect themselves. And, you know, th- that I find particularly just 
maddening. Um, and it's like you say, but this this is, you know, th- there is there is nothing a child can do. We saw Sandy Hook, we saw Parkland, even with the older children. There is nothing unarmed, defenseless school kids can do against a guy who arrives in with, you know, assault weapons and a flak jacket. They're, they're literally just sitting ducks. And, mm. you know, the sooner that guys like Ken Paxton and Greg Abbott and all these just admit that, just acknowledge that, instead of saying, oh, the Democrats are trying to politicize this, et cetera, et cetera, instead of just deflecting and lying and denying the reality um, and, it, you know, I, so I don't see things changing. I think after Sandy Hook, when you had those 20, five, six and seven year olds who were shot dead and yet and yet the Republicans blocked any gun reform. When you saw after Parkland, where you had those like David Hogg and all those heroic teenagers who were so articulate, who set up the Never Again movement and were formidable and they went to Washington and they were on TV and they were their own best advocates. And it seemed then as if things might change a little. And all that happened then was they were vilified and mocked and taunted. You had people like Marjorie Taylor Greene mocking David Hogg, the, the, the survivor and key teenage spokesman from from um, the Parkland School. Uh, he was trolled online viciously. You, you you know, you have they're they're blaming these people, and even you know on Fox News last night there was some idiot on who was basically saying, well, the thing to do is to send your children to private schools because the security is much better in private schools. Now, you know, again, these I've been to Uvalde, this little town. It's it's halfway between Del Rio on the Mexican border and San Antonio. It's it's sort of to the west of the hill country. It is a town of about 16, 17, 18,000 people. It's a poor town. It's a decent town. It's very family, but like the people, you know, the, the it's meat processing plants. It's um it's farming plants. It's it's sort of, you know, intensive farming, it's mining, it's gas extraction, it's construction. It's not high-skilled workers. These are not parents. As I say, 80, about 80% are Hispanic, Latina in origin. They're not parents who can afford to send their kids to private schools, even if there were private schools available. You know, and so to somehow try and blame the parents for the fact that their yeah. seven, eight, nine-year-old children are, are being shot dead, it, it's to me, the cynicism of it is, is just mind-boggling. And it also it's an introduces a level of classism to the whole thing. That, oh, yeah. You know, they're, oh, they're, yeah. this would never happen in a rich school. Yeah. I wondered, though, final question on it, Marion, because this thing of arming teachers has come up many times over the years. But you seem to take it seriously enough this time. Do you think that that it's possible that this could swing the other direction, that if no, nothing is going to happen in terms of control, that actually this might be more possible now than ever? Um, I think that certainly parents may start looking at it more because out of desperation, because they have no other option. What else, you know, can you do? Um, There are, what, 90,000 elementary schools, primary schools in America. um, And, you know, you can imagine the parents of children in all of those schools are thinking, my God, you know, are we next? So, uh, but the problem is these teachers in America, especially in small town America, like Uvalde, you know, poor towns, they're paid so little and they're trying to you know a lot of times they're teaching kids whose first language might not be English who may have come from really 
completely disadvantaged backgrounds. And then they're supposed to learn how to carry guns and use guns. And then what happens? Because let's say you have a teacher, a young teacher, 22, 23 year old, and a gunman storms through. The, the parents in Uvalde last night claimed that the police wouldn't go in, that they begged the police to go in and they wouldn't. And you're going to hold a young teacher who's, this is not their job, responsible for saving the lives of the children. And if they fail to do so, if the gun doesn't work or if they're shot first, what then? You know, I mean, it's it's yeah. such a I mean, what's the, solution. Who's the first child to get yeah. killed accidentally yeah. by a teacher? Exactly. It, it is, it's yeah. a bizarre suggestion, but it just seems like it's, it's gaining ground. We're going to talk more about this and obviously uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi responding to the announcement by the Catholic Archbishop of San Francisco that she can no longer receive communion. Uh, we've a lot more to get through in terms of the midterms uh, as well, Marion. Please come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad and support our show. Irishman Abroad cannot continue without your support over there. So please jump over. We've got a discount for you that ends at the end of May. It's a 15% reduction on yearly membership to Irishman Abroad. Access to everything for the full year at a 15% discount. Come on over now and see what's on offer. Espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.